Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of A Priest Forever, the new podcast from the Diocese of Bridgeport Vocations Office. I'm Father Chris Ford, the Vocations Director for the Diocese of Bridgeport. Uh, we're super excited to launch this, uh, hopefully a good opportunity for all of you to learn a little bit more about priesthood, about our priests, um, how you can pray for them and support them, and how you can help uh, figure out what God is trying to do in your own life, what he might be calling you to as well. So we figured, uh, you know, we're going to have some guests on throughout our podcast, and I figured a really good place to start uh, was with the the pastor and the priest um, who is either to blame or to thank, I guess you could say, uh, for uh, the first few years of my priesthood, Father Mike Dunn. Uh, Father Dunn is the pastor of St. Gregory the Great Parish in Danbury, um, which was my first assignment as a priest. I was assigned there as a deacon. Um, and then assigned there for my first few years of priesthood, something I'm sure we will talk about later. So, Father Dunn, welcome. We're, we're so happy to have you. Thank you very much and happy to be here. Excellent. So, you know, one of the things, you know, Father Dunn, I know you and I have talked about um, on many occasions is it's important to remind people, right, that, that priests are people, too. Right. Mm -hmm. We've, we've mm -hmm. talked a lot about that. Right. You know, priests are people, too, you know, that. Uh, you know, set apart, not set above in that way. So, you know, the first thing I just want to, you know, invite you to share with us is just a little bit about who you are. Um, where'd you come from? What do you like? What do you not like? You know, who is Father Mike Dunn? Hmm. Okay, I'll try and give you the nutshell version of that. Um, well, I mean, uh, I was just a very ordinary guy. I grew up in Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, I was actually born in Long Island, but moved to Danbury when I was young. I went through St. Gregory the Great School, uh, was always sent to Catholic schools by my parents. I uh, went to Sacred Heart University, uh, well, first Immaculate High School, mm -hmm. Sacred Heart University after that. And then um, I grew like a lot of, I think, young people, I graduated not knowing really wanted, what I wanted to do after graduation. Uh, I wound up counseling troubled teenagers and going for a degree, a graduate degree in counseling. Mm -hmm. And that's when, um, even though everything was going very well in my life at the time, that's when I started, you know, um, thinking that there's got to be something more. I wasn't fully happy. I wasn't fully content. Uh, wasn't fully at peace, I guess you'd say. And that's when I just started thinking a lot more about my purpose and God and the Catholic Church. Sure. Now, you know, one thing, and this is something I've actually always wanted to ask you, and I feel like we've never really talked about it, um, but the opportunity that you said right after your college, you're working with counseling, troubled youth, troubled teens, um, everything. How did that come into your life? How did how did that become something that you, that you started to do for a few years? Oh, I, I always wanted to do something that I felt was worthwhile and try to make a difference in the life of others. And uh, that certainly interests me to help other young men find their way. Um, but one thing I realized through that work that I did is how much they need God and how much they need um, spirituality in their lives as well. And so that kind of tied into me searching for something more mm -hmm. also, you know. Great. So now where... Um... You said you went to Immaculate High School, right? Mm -hmm. In Danbury, mm -hmm. and St. Gregory the Great. Mm -hmm. You know, as as we record this, at least, it's Catholic Schools Week. 
Um, you know, it'll 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 play a few weeks later. But uh, talk to me about that, about your experience, you know, in Catholic schools, Catholic education mm. and, and how that helped you uh, become the the wonderful person you are today. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Well, I, I absolutely loved I went to school. Uh, all eight years and graduated from St. Gregory the Great in Danbury. And back then there were some very, um, um, very passionate, very um, uh, compassionate nuns. The school sisters of Notre Dame taught. Uh, they made a real impression on me. Uh, I do very much remember in my younger years there um, uh, being very touched and they were very instrumental Mm-hmm. as well. Um, that's why it's so ironic and very interesting now that I actually came back to be the pastor of the Parison school that I was, that I was once in. Um, but you could still see, and what's so exciting is how much children, uh, how much you can impact them with a Catholic education and, um, how much they really eat that up, you know? And um, now we're right in the midst of Catholic Schools Week, and who would have ever thought that this Thursday they're actually having a Father Done Day during Catholic <laughs> Schools Week? I don't know what that's going to involve. It sounds good. It sounds interesting, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I would imagine it probably involves at least a few of the nuns who taught you rolling over in their graves. Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> they. I don't think any of them would have ever thought. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, little little Mikey Dunn now, Father Dunn, pastor, yeah. and we're having a whole day to celebrate him. That's yes. that's got to be a pretty cool a pretty cool feeling for you to to especially sure. the fact that it's happening in that in that school that you grew up in that your faith, oh, you know, yeah. the, the yeah. seeds of that faith was planted in. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, the first day I came here. The first day I got back, um, or the first day I was assigned to this parish, the school had a little celebration for me in the uh, gym, and they took all my graduation photos from first grade to eighth grade and they blew them up and put them all over the gym. Uh, some of them were very horrifying. Uh, some of them were very embarrassing as well. Yeah. But, um, uh, but just the excitement on the kids part, uh, not even knowing who this new pastor is, um, you know, um, the, the kids, you can tell, they just love the school Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big pro Catholic school person. Um, the teachers and the principal are great there. And, you know, I, I always try and impress upon them that, um, you know, we're not just in the business of handing on a Catholic education, but we're kind of in the business of saving, of saving and forming, uh, souls, you know? Yeah. And, um, so, uh, that's an exciting part about it. And, um, uh, you just love to see the kids um, embrace their faith, embrace their church, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I remember, uh, you know, the times I was up there, you know, we, we talked about this a few times. You have that really tough meeting, you know, with someone that's going through something tough or a tough funeral or something like that. And then how awesome it is just to walk into first grade. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're, yeah. it doesn't, they're yeah. always so happy yeah. to see you. It's great. Oh, yeah. Anytime you're in a bad mood or a little down or a little discouraged that we all get, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a priest or not. You know, we all are human people and uh, go through human things. And uh, but, yeah, if you want to if you want to put a smile on your face and be in a good mood again, all you have to do is go into the school and the, the way the kids embrace you and smile and laugh and 
Uh, of course, you know, I have my dog Chance as well, and he's very popular at the school also. So I, I bring him over there and um, they just love him also. That's great. That's great. And so, and for those who haven't met Chance, t- tell us a little bit about Chance. Chance. Well, actually, he's right behind me on the floor here, but um, <laughs> Chance is like a total mutt pit bull lab mix. Um, and when I bring him over to school, he loves kids. Yeah. Oh, an entire class will just come up and just maul him and grab him and pet him and, and pull his ears. And he'll just and he'll just stand there and he'll just take it. And yep. he just lo- yeah, he likes it. And he, and he loves the uh, kids. And um uh, Father Ford, who I believe, right, you weren't a big fan of dogs, but after Chance, you seemed to have a little bit of a change of heart. A I little think. bit, a little bit. It definitely, it definitely, yeah, changed my uh, my perspective on living with a dog. Still, probably not, never going to want to live with a cat. Um, you know, yeah, definitely on the dog that. side of dog side of things. But it was always, uh, it was nice. Those nights, you know, where sometimes you know, just hanging out in the rectory, and and Chance would just be with, be hanging out with us, and. I think you um, might have caught him on your bed maybe a couple times. Once or twice, but 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 we, <laughs> we, we caught him pretty quickly. <laughs> you know? No, that's great. That's awesome. Um uh, so you know, tell me, so you you had kind of started to, and then you know, I went on this whole tangent of, of Catholic schools, but um so where, you know, I you and I kind of had a lot of similar things in that went to Catholic school growing up. Uh, but there was pro- uh, part of our life maybe where faith wasn't really the most important thing. Sure. Um, for us. So, you know, talk to me about that. Where did, you know, as you're going through college, you're starting to work mm-hmm. and all those other things, where did Jesus um, and your relationship with God and the church kind of start to come mm-hmm. back into your life? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I always went to mass on Sunday, but I can't, um, other than that, uh, especially high school, college, even a little bit after that, I wouldn't say I was the most prayerful, spiritual person person, although I went to Mass on Sunday. That was that was about it. Uh, and I think I got into that mode that I think a lot of people get into today that, you know, I have my plan. I know it's going to make me happy. I'm going to do this or try and do this or that. And so God wasn't really a big part of that. Uh, but it was when I was kind of lost and disillusioned and trying to find my way and trying to find my place and wondering why I didn't have more peace and happiness, you know, that's when I really turned to God and started to pray more, um, started to uh, read uh, some spiritual books and scripture more. And, you know, uh, and it was more out of, I think, um, just, you know, finding out that I really needed God's help because I can't do this on my own and I don't know what I'm to do. And uh, that's when things really started to take off. And out of nowhere, kind of, uh, some friends of mine were going on a pilgrimage to Medjugorje, Yugoslavia back then. And that, of course, where a lot of people have heard that that Mary has been appearing at first to children since 1981. Mm-hmm. And I, though, though I wasn't the type to go on a pilgrimage at the time, I was, really was not very, again, very religious, very spiritual, but I thought it was kind of interesting. And I probably even went over with the attitude, well, I might see something supernatural. I might see something exciting. And, uh, you know, but as I was over there, I didn't see any of that, but I really felt a deep sense of peace and really started to pray and enter into prayer. And that's where I kind of 
put my reliance more on God and just said, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Um, everything was going great in my life, but I just was not happy. Sure. Um, and so I really prayed and I really felt like I got some answers there. Because um, when I got back from that pilgrimage, I kind of lost interest in really everything except um, uh, God and faith and church. And that's when I started for the first time kind of seriously considering the priesthood. Yeah. yeah it's interesting because, you know, it almost sounds like, as you said, you, you went over there thinking, you know, maybe I'm going to see something remarkable, right? You almost, I'm going to see Mary appear or something like right, that. Right. And, and maybe that didn't happen, but it sounds like that miracle that something remarkable happened in you. Yeah. Uh, rather than necessarily on the mountaintop there. Right. And that was the greater, more lasting miracle. Uh, so God gave me, I think, a better answer to my pr prayers than to see something extraordinary or miraculous. Um, uh, it was a more of a lasting um, answer. And I think um, uh, he really did come through and answer my prayers and direct my life from that point on. Yeah. What is, uh, I'm just, just curious, because I've, I've never been there uh, what are some of your favorite memories of Medjugorje and of your of your time? Mm. Yeah, it, it's hard to describe. It was a lot simpler back then because I went in the 80s. So it was just a very humble, quiet, poor, simple town. Mm. Um, but there was something there was kind of like an electricity in the air, which I can't even put my finger on um, a very heavy piece unlike anywhere else. Um, I mean, things were so calm, uh, things were so prayerful. Um, uh, it was kind of like the hand of God was on that, was on that town. And I, it's very hard to describe. It's just something you just felt. Um, and I had some of the deepest and most prayerful experiences there. Um, uh, specifically like they have a, mountain that overlooks a town called Mount Crucifix that they call and hiking up to the top of that mountain and saying some prayers on top of that mountain, you felt uh, uh, very close to God and very close to heaven. Um, and to sit on the hill and pray where Mary first appeared to the children there, that was very powerful. And, um, uh, and I also had a very powerful confession there. I, I hadn't gone to confession in quite some time, mm -hmm. but I decided that, well, it's been a long time. I might as well go. And um, uh, that was very powerful also. Sure. Great. So you come home from Medjugorje and, and nothing else seems to matter, uh, but God yeah. and Jesus. And, and so where, did, how did that then turn into, you know, the, the thoughts of, of priesthood? How did, that, mm -hmm. how did that come into your life? Yeah, I yeah, I just started to lose interest in everything and started to think more and more about all that and I then began to speak to a local priest at my church, uh Father Dongle Yalmi and uh Monsignor Dongle Yes, Monsignor now. <laughs> I, I, I better be sure to say that. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. Right. But um yeah, and he he made the priesthood look very different than what I was accustomed to. You know, I think when you're young and you know you think a priest's life is boring and he just prays all day and he doesn't really do much. It's kind of boring. You know, it says mass praise. That's about it. 
but he made the priest, he presented the priesthood in a very different way than I was accustomed to. And to see him interact with people doing all kinds of programs and groups and visiting the school and the sick. And, you know, he made me see the priesthood in a very different, more worthwhile way. Mm. And um, after speaking to him, uh, he, that's when he started suggesting, and there was no one that ever suggested me uh, considering the priesthood. And I can certainly understand why. Um, but, uh, so for him to suggest the priesthood to me and tell me that I would make a good priest, uh, I was kind of dumbfounded, but I was kind of interested then. Sure. And, um, back then they had, uh, they don't now, but as, as you know, back then they initially had this house of discernment that they called St. John Fisher, where you can kind of get one foot in and one foot out and see if, uh, determine if you're being called to the priesthood. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just kind of took off from that point on. Yeah. You know, before before we get into your, your Fisher experience, which I'm sure was a, a wild time on uh, Daniel's Farms Road, you, you mm -hmm. said something in there that I think is really worth uh, digging into a little more which uh, you said, you know, no one had really ever suggested you mm. priesthood and that you were kind of dumbfounded. And I think, you know, one of the things I, I experienced a lot as vocations director, and I know it's something I experienced even in my own life, right, is this sense of, of unworthiness um, and mm. the sense of like, yeah, it, there's no way that God's calling me, right? I have too many, I can't do this, I can't do that, I've, I've done this to, whatever it is, we all have reasons why, but I just would be curious, you know, um, your own experience of that, of, of the surprisingness, if you will, of of God's calling you and inviting you through the ministry of, of Father Don, you know, to, to even consider priesthood in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it took me a long time to kind of figure that out because I think when I was young, and perhaps others have this attitude too, they think that God just calls a certain kind of person. You know, uh, he calls a guy who's like this to be a priest, but not this guy, that guy or that guy. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not true. I do think God calls all kinds of guy. You know, I, it took me a long time to realize that there's an advantage uh, even. And I think that God knows this, that to call all kinds of different men, just as there are all kinds of different saints of the church and there are all kinds of different maybe maybe baseball players with different strengths or different things they do, you know, that God calls all different kinds to utilize whatever strengths and talents that they have, uh, whatever God given uh, strengths and talents. And so although I didn't think I was priesthood material because yeah, I was just very normal, very down to earth, big sports guy, not very holy, I guess you'd say even, um, but I think, you know, for whatever reason, um, uh, God, um, shows me, and I think he chooses very ordinary guys, um, and very different guys, uh, to what, to, to achieve whatever purposes that, um, that he has and to, you know, yeah, to just utilize their personality. Sure. And just as there's, was a lot of different personalities. I think even in the first apostles that were called the, the first priests, uh, you look at the whole history of the church and yeah, God calls all kinds. Yeah. Um, 
Even me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even us. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, great. So now, so you've entered, you know, you've entered St. John Fisher, um, you know, of happy memory. Uh, what was that experience like that, that kind of first moments of, of transitioning into to the life of, of mm. a seminarian and, and maybe a future priest? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. So I went in very, with a lot of apprehensions and really not, you know, it just seemed like more of the guys that entered the year that I did were more sure about it. They seemed a lot more holier than I. And to be honest, after like a week or two, I thought, you know, this isn't for me. I'm not like these guys. Um, not that holy. I'm not saying the rosary every day or doing this or that, which I do say the rosary every day now, but I wasn't back then. But, um, yeah, so, but, you know, but I, but I pers I persevered and I did, it was very shortly after that, that I really felt that, uh, God was indeed calling me and that, um, you don't have to change. God calls you the way you are. Mm. Um, and yes, we're all supposed to strive to be, um, holy and the best, uh, Christians that we possibly can, but we, we don't have to change our personalities. We don't have to change who we are. Um, we're still the same, the same person. I still, I still have the same interests. I still like to play sports and go to ball games and go out to eat and do all the fun things I used to do. But, um, but, uh, first and foremost, I serve God and his church. So from Fisher, it was, you went to what Immaculate Conception? I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how was, you know, so, okay. So you've, You've gotten through Fisher. You've gotten through this this gauntlet of discernment with uh, with Monsignor Di Giovanni, which mm-hmm. you know I'm told was was a legendary time uh, for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, But you've made it through that gauntlet, and now okay, you're on this. You're 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 moving on to major seminary. You're moving on to um, you know a, a, a bigger house, guys from from different places. Mm-hmm. Um, how did how did that kind of you know help in, and affect your formation and your path to priesthood then? Yeah, I um I mean I always had the attitude you get out of seminary what you put in. So I did try and embrace it as much as I can. I met I met some great guys and some other very normal guys down there too. Um my big struggle and as you know and even a little bit now, uh I had a really much more severe stuttering uh problem at the time. So that was my major struggle. You know, how am I going to get out there or how am I going to overcome this and get out there and preach on Sundays and read the scriptures in front of mm-hmm. people also? So, um, but, but it's just amazing how God, you know, if God wants you to do something, if he calls you, it's amazing how he's there to help every step of the way and slowly and with his grace and his help, um, you know, um, if someone knew me back then compared to today, they wouldn't have thought that I'd be able to do this either. So, yeah. So whatever fears you have, I mean, I was even kind of afraid of the schoolwork too, you know, as, as you know, you have, you're, you're going for a master's in theology. There's a lot of classwork and I was never the best student either. So, um, but, um, he helps in every way. And, um, you just do your part and he's, and, and he seems to always come, come through, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's amazing, right? Not only does God use whatever we give him, right. But he can, 
he can totally transform it, right? You're talking about you had you said your, your biggest struggle, you know, during seminary was was the stuttering and, and whether or not you were going to be able to get up and and preach and all those other things. And yet, if you ask you know ask around, you know, what are the, what's one of the things that Father Mike Dunn is known for is his homilies. <laughs> You know, and I remember, you know, when I was a deacon and, and listening to to your homilies and when we, when we would share the, the you know, we would do the theology on taps um, <laughs> and just answer different questions and give talks on on different aspects of the faith. It's amazing, you know, how how God could take something you you, you saw as a struggle and turn it into even one of your greatest strengths um, in ministry. Yeah, it's it's I have to say it's all him. I mean, even even when I'm out there right now, sometimes when I'm out in front of people speaking and uh even in the back of my mind is like, thank you, God, because I still can't believe that I'm standing up here. So, but yeah. 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 So we, what was your, what was your ordination date? I was ordained in 94. 94. What yeah. do you, what do you remember about your ordination? That's it's a, it's a big mm. moment, beautiful moment. Something I think a lot of guys look forward to. Uh, what what mm. do you remember about your ordination? I mean, yeah, certainly there were some, Nerves, but far more joy than anything else. I mean, it's the day that that you look forward to. Um, um, but you know the the ceremony itself. I remember how powerful it was, and um, the priest praying over you, and that. Um, I mean, it's all, almost a little bit cloudy as I look back now because your head was kind of in the clouds. It's kind of like a blur, you know. But uh I do remember the joy of it and then sharing that joy with your family and friends afterwards, you know. Um it was just it was just a great day and um um yeah I mean talk about really feeling the presence of God at that time and the presence of the Holy Spirit and that that flutter in your heart. And, uh, it was, yes, uh, a very powerful day. Yeah. Yeah. And so where, where has your priesthood kind of taken you since then? Where, mm. where are some of the places God's called you to, to serve and minister? How's that been for you? Great. I've had uh, numerous and very good experiences. I started out, my first assignment was St. Catherine's of Siena in Trumbull, a uh, great parish because, um, um, had a school. It seems like everywhere I've been, there's been a school, which I love that. I love the Catholic schools. And so, uh, learned a lot, spent a few years there, uh, did a year of high school work as a chaplain at Notre Dame in Fairfield. Mm -hmm. Uh, very much enjoyed that because then you're working with like a different age and different population that you're not accustomed to. Sure. So working with the teens there. Then I was called back into parish work uh, at St. Mary's in Bethel, another great parish and another with a school and learned a lot under that pastor um, uh, there. Um, and, uh, Monsignor Ed Carl and uh, he, I think more than, I mean, all my pastors taught me a lot, but he taught me especially at a, uh, more than others because I was there for so long. And I think he really taught me how to be a pastor. And um uh, and then I did spend a little time at St. Teresa's in Trumbull and then was named pastor at St. Francis of Assisi in Weston. Mm -hmm. Had some great years there, a wonderful parish, wonderful place, and a great place to be a first-time pastor. Mm. And then, surprisingly, got called to the home parish that I grew up in, St. Gregory the Great. So I went full circle, I guess it seems, almost. Yeah. 
So there, there are two things in particular, because we, you know, one of the things I love about the priesthood, right, is that we all minister in very different ways, right? Hmm. So there, there are two things that I want to ask you to talk about that, that you are kind of a legend in, in certain communities uh, for these two things. Um, and, and the first one is, is Father Dunn's Fun in the Sun. <laughs> and the second is The Forest of Fear. I, I would well, love to hear funny. you talk about those and, 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 and how those have kind of become a, such a big part of your, of your, uh, your legacy, so to speak. <laughs> well, my favorite thing I ever did when I was an associate before I was a pastor was just a summer camp that we started. Uh, it actually began in Trumbull, but, um, but then I brought it to St. Mary's in Bethel. But it was just a summer camp for kids, two weeks in the summer. And uh, I was encouraged to call it. I wasn't, didn't come up with the name Father Dunn's Fun of the Summer, but I was encouraged <laughs> to call it that. So I did. And um, I probably had more fun than the kids did every day. So uh, as much fun as they had it, it we kind of turned it into, into more like a carnival than a children's mm -hmm. camp because mm -hmm. we brought in rides and things and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, but also it was a great opportunity, you know, to really um, impress upon them the, the faith as well. You know, we did uh, stories about saints and uh, had religious projects of arts and crafts and stuff. So, Although it was a lot of fun, we impressed the faith and prayer upon them also. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just great. I mean, that was just, uh, you know, back when I had a lot of energy. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, and then the Forest of Fear. So the Forest of Fear, <laughs> I get, that was started in Bethel, but then through some very professional people here at um, St. Gregory the Great Church. Mm -hmm. Uh, we brought that up to a much larger scale. And it's a haunted trail, a little Halloween haunted trail. I shouldn't say a little. It's kind of big uh, trail that we do now uh, back behind the school in the woods of St. Gregory the Great School. And um, I have to say it is professionally done. It is scary, but the kids and families love it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that is... Uh, uh, a very unusual thing for a priest and pastor to be involved in, I guess, but, <laughs> you know, but, but I have to say I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's one thing, you know, I think, you know, I have, I've had, uh, had the privilege of um, both as a seminarian and then as a priest w with you serving with a couple of pastors, yourself included, who really taught me the importance of building a community. Mm. You know, that, um, you know, we are meant to be uh, a community that worships God, right? We're mm. not just on our own, but we worship in, in community. We receive the love of God in community, um, you know, as well as, as on our own. And so th that idea of, okay, making the parish kind of the place to be. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That, that, yeah. that centerpiece yeah. of, of community life, that centerpiece of, of the neighborhood. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun doing it, you know? Yeah, the, absolutely. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, and a big promoter of, of social events at the parish and fun things, because that really does bring people together and attracts people to your church and the spiritual things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we try and have as much um, as much as the spiritual programs, as many social and interactive um, 
and fun things to do because uh, that really brings you together, I think, as a parish uh, family, you know. Well, it's great, right? You see someone that, that you've been seeing, right, sit, you know, on the other side of church for the last six months and you finally get to know them and have a conversation with them. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, yeah. and it just you know, draws you closer spiritually to them and and to see that there are other people who are who are like you, right? Normal mm -hmm. and just you know, right. trying to live their best life. But faith is important to them and and realizing that that can be something that's important for me, too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You're, you're right. You, yeah. You, you know, you sometimes go to church every Sunday and you see people that, you know, from church, but you don't really you don't really know them. And then you wind up working at the Forest of Fear together or some other project and you get to know them and you become friends. You become more of a parish family. You mm -hmm. maybe go together to other programs that you haven't tried or been a part of. And um yeah, so I do think the social is like a gateway into other things in your parish. Great. Yeah. So just to kind of wrap up, I just, you know, I got a couple of uh, some, some some sort of quick fire questions for you. Sure. Just okay. real quick, you know, first thing that, that comes to your mind, I just would be curious to, uh, to hear sure. some of these. Uh, so wh who's your favorite saint? Oh, boy. All right. I got to be quick. So I probably have to go with St. John Vianney, the patron saint of parish priests. Excellent. Excellent. Favorite scripture passage or story from, from, from scripture? I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. St. Paul. Perfect. If you had to recommend um, one prayer or devotion or something, especially to someone who's maybe trying to discern what God's uh, inviting them to do with their life, what would you recommend? Rosary, hands down. The rosary will give you all your answers. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful. Any final words of, of advice for, for anyone who's uh, trying to figure out how God might be calling them to, to serve him in their life? Hmm. Just, I would just say to be open, to pray, and that's all it really takes. And just look and wait for God. And I would look and expect and be confident that God will indeed answer you. And to not even, you know, not close the door. Or keep the door open to religious life uh, because um, it might not be what you think. Uh, it could provide you with a much deeper happiness and joy than you even thought was thought was possible. Um, and... Um, yeah, sometimes we just, again, we have the wrong impression sometimes when we're young of what priesthood is all about. Sure. Great. Great. Well, Father Don, thank you uh, so much You're for joining welcome. me. You're um, My honor. My honor and pleasure. Yeah, our first guest here on, on A Priest Forever, our, our new podcast. So we hope that you, uh, all of you who are listening, we hope that you enjoyed your time listening to us today. Hope that maybe you learned a little bit something about Father Don, about um, what God might be able to do in your life. Um, and we hope that you'll continue to listen to us. Uh, our episodes will uh, be looking to drop about every two weeks. Um, and so hopefully you'll continue to join us, learn a little bit more about priesthood, um, how you can pray for priests, how you can support your priests, um, and how you can discover exactly what God is, is inviting you to do in your own life. May God bless you all.